Hello everyone and welcome to the PJB Sports Pod. Hello, welcome. It's the National Championship Game mini preview from me. Uh, we first are going to go over all of the bowl games, the scores, who won, and then I'm just going to give out a singular MVP for who I think was the most valuable player um, on each team that won, obviously. Uh, goodness gracious, my desk is a mess. Um, but yeah, go through most valuable player from each team who won. Uh, forewarning, a lot of them just quarterbacks of the winning team, and if it's not, it's because the quarterback did nothing impressive or worthwhile or had multiple turnovers, and I felt like somebody else deserved it more. So, straight from the top to the bottom, Ohio defeated Georgia Southern 41-21 in the Myrtle Beach Bowl to kick everything off. Uh, Ohio running back Ricky Hunt, to me, best player in the game, 115 yards and four touchdowns on the ground, also added a receiving touchdown as well. Jacksonville State defeated Louisiana 34-31 in overtime to win the New Orleans Bowl. MVP in that one, Jacksonville State running back again, uh, Ron Wiggins. 126 yards, one touchdown on the ground. App State defeated Miami of Ohio 13-9 in the Cure Bowl. This is one of those games I had no idea who to give MVP to, so it just went to the winning quarterback. 211 yards, one interception, and one rushing touchdown for App State quarterback Joey Aguilar. Fresno State defeated New Mexico State 37-10 in the New Mexico Bowl. Um, Fresno quarterback Mikey Keen, Keen, MVP, 380 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, also added a rushing score. UCLA defeating Boise State 35-22 in the LA Bowl. MVP UCLA wide receiver J. Michael Sturdivant, uh, four receptions, 142 yards, and a touchdown. Texas Tech defeated Cal 34-14 in the Independence Bowl. MVP, excuse me for me, Texas Tech quarterback Baron Morton, 256 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. Uh, Western Kentucky defeated Old Dominion 38-35 in overtime of the famous Toastery Bowl. MVP here, Western Kentucky's quarterback Caden Veltkamp, 383 yards, five touchdowns, one pick, also led the team with 53 rushing yards. Western Kentucky came back from being down 28 points to win this game, by the way. Uh, UTSA defeated Marshall 35-17 in the Frisco Bowl. MVP here, UTSA's quarterback Owen McCown. That's right, the son of former NFL player Josh McCown. Uh, 251 yards, two touchdowns, and two picks. Sorry, just completely crashed my whole thing by accidentally unplugging my microphone. So we'll move on now. South Florida defeating Syracuse 45-0 in the Boca Raton Bowl. Uh, MVP here, USF quarterback Byram Brown, 214 passing yards, three passing touchdowns, also led the team with 64 rushing yards, also had a 21-yard reception as well. Georgia Tech defeated UCF 30-17 in the Gasparilla Bowl. MVP here, Georgia Tech's quarterback Haynes King, 87 yards through the air, one touchdown, one pick, added 89 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown as well. Duke defeated Troy 17-10 in the Birmingham Bowl. MVP Duke running back Hakez Moore, Jake, Jake, Jacques Moore, maybe? 73 yards on the ground. Um, Duke quarterback Grayson Loftus had an interception and lost fumble while accounting for no touchdowns, so that's why I didn't go for him, but that was the next best stat line. Northern Illinois defeated Arkansas State 21-19 in the Camellia Bowl. 
MVP here, Northern Illinois quarterback Rocky Lombardi, just for the name alone, but also 200 yards, one touchdown, two picks, added 21 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown. Air Force defeated James Madison 31-21 in the Armed Forces Bowl. MVP here, Air Force running back Emmanuel Michelle, 203 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. Georgia State defeated Utah State 45-22 in the Potato Bowl. MVP Georgia State quarterback Darren Granger, 257 yards, three touchdowns, added 111 rushing yards and two rushing scores as well. South Alabama defeating Eastern Michigan 59-10. That was in the 68 Ventures Bowl. MVP South Alabama quarterback Gio Lopez, 192 yards, three touchdowns, 88 rushing yards, and a rushing score as well. Northwestern defeated Utah 14-7 in the Las Vegas Bowl. MVP Northwestern quarterback Ben Bryant, 222 yards and two touchdowns, stuffing the stats with twos there. Coastal Carolina defeated San Jose State 24-14 in the Hawaii Bowl. MVP for me. Coastal Carolina wide receiver Sam Pinckney, eight receptions for 123 and a touchdown. Minnesota defeating Bowling Green 30-24 in the Quick Lane Bowl. MVP, Minnesota running back Darius Taylor, 208 yards and one touchdown. Honorable mention in this game to quarterback Cole Kramer. He had 26 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Added 31 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. He took a $30,000 NIL deal just to play in the game because the Gophers had no more quarterbacks, even though he was planning on graduating and starting a life with his fiance. A nice little down payment on a new house, though, there. Texas State defeated Rice 45-21 in the first responder bowl. Texas State linebacker Brian Holloway being my MVP, two pick sixes for a total of 84 yards. Kansas defeated UNLV 49-36 in the guaranteed rate bowl. MVP here, Kansas quarterback Jason Bean, 449 yards, six touchdowns, three picks, and added 21 rushing yards as well. USC defeated 15th-ranked Louisville 42-28 in the Holiday Bowl. MVP here, USC quarterback Miller Moss had to be the pick. 372 yards, six touchdowns, and one interception. 20th, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Number 20th ranked, yep. 20th ranked Oklahoma State defeated Texas A&M 31-23 in the Texas Bowl. MVP here, Oklahoma State wide receiver Rashad Owens. 10 receptions for 164 and two touchdowns. Then we had Virginia Tech defeating Tulane 41-20 in the Military Bowl. MVP, Virginia Tech running back Kyron Drones. 176 yards and a touchdown. West Virginia defeated North Carolina 30-10 in the Mayo Bowl. MVP, West Virginia quarterback Garrett Green, 228 yards and a touchdown. Uh, 14th-ranked Arizona took on 12th-ranked Oklahoma in the Alamo Bowl and won 38-24. Arizona wide receiver Jacob Cowing, uh, seven receptions for 152 yards and two touchdowns was my MVP of that game. 25th-ranked Kansas State defeated 18th-ranked NC State 28-19 in the Pop-Tarts Bowl. MVP here, Kansas State running back DJ Giddens. 151 yards rushing, one rushing touchdown, and 37 receiving yard touchdown as well. Boston College defeated 24th-ranked SMU 23-14 in the Fenway Bowl. MVP Boston College quarterback Thomas Castellanos, 102 passing yards with an interception, but added 156 yards and two rushing touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Rutgers defeated Miami 31-24 in the Pinstripe Bowl. Excuse me, MVP Rutgers running back Kyle Monagay, 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 163 yards and a touchdown on the ground there. 16th ranked Notre Dame defeated 19th ranked Oregon State 40 to 8 in the Sun Bowl. MVP here Notre Dame quarterback Steve Angeli, 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 uh, 232 yards, three touchdowns, 27 rushing yards as well. 
22nd ranked Clemson defeated Kentucky 38-35 in the Gator Bowl. MVP Clemson running back Phil Moffa 71 yards rushing but four touchdowns on the ground. Memphis defeated Iowa State 36-26 in the Liberty Bowl. MVP here for me, Memphis quarterback Seth Hennigan. 364 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, also 27 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Ninth-ranked Missouri defeated 7th-ranked Ohio State 14-3 in the Cotton Bowl. MVP is Mizzou's running back Cody Schrader. Uh, wow, 128 yards, one touchdown. Sixth-ranked Georgia defeated 5th-ranked Florida State 63-3 in the Orange Bowl. MVP quarterback from Georgia Carson Beck, 203 yards and two touchdowns. Um, 11th ranked Ole Miss defeated 10th ranked Penn State 38-25 in the Peach Bowl. MVP here, Ole Miss quarterback Jackson Dart, 379 yards, three touchdowns, 14 rushing yards, and a rushing touchdown as well. Maryland defeated Auburn 31-13 in the Music City Bowl. MVP, Maryland quarterback Billy Edwards Jr., simply 126 yards and a touchdown. Wyoming defeated Toledo 16-15 in the Arizona Bowl. MVP for me, I guess, uh, Wyoming quarterback Andrew Peasley, I guess, only 168 yards passing. Eighth-ranked Oregon defeated 23rd-ranked Liberty, 45-6 in the Fiesta Bowl. MVP quarterback Bo Nix for Oregon, 363 yards and five touchdowns. Then we had 13th-ranked LSU defeating Wisconsin, 35-31 in the ReliaQuest Bowl. MVP here, LSU's quarterback Garrett Nussmeyer, a stud like I told you in the preseason. 395 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. Then we had 21st-ranked Tennessee taking on 17th-ranked Iowa. 35 to nothing was the final in favor of the Volunteers for the Citrus Bowl victory. MVP Tennessee quarterback, not going to say this right, Nico Iamalieva. Uh, 151 passing yards, one passing touchdown. Also had 27 rushing yards, but three rushing touchdowns. That was the... Uh, Bowl games that were not college football semifinals because we're going to go over those now. Uh, first ranked Alabama defeated fourth ranked or first ranked Michigan, excuse me, defeated fourth ranked Alabama 27 20 in overtime in the Rose Bowl to advance to the college football playoff final. Jalen Milrow for the Crimson Tide 116 passing yards, 63 rushing yards. Jace McClellan, the running back, 87 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. JJ McCarthy for the Wolverines, though, 221 yards, three touchdowns, and 25 rushing yards as well. Blake Corum, the running back. 83 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Also had two receptions for 35 yards and a touchdown as well. Uh, then we went to the nightcap, and it was second-ranked Washington defeating third-ranked Texas, 37-31 in the Sugar Bowl. Uh, quarterback Quinn Ewers for the Longhorns, 318 yards, one touchdown added, and 54 rushing yards. Then we go to the Huskies side. It was Michael Penix with 430 yards, two touchdowns through the air, 31 rushing yards as well. Roma Dunze out wide, six receptions for 125, and Jalen Polk on the other side, five receptions for 122 yards and a touchdown as well. Then we go, let's just quick go through the best bets here. We went through with the push with Jacksonville State, minus three against Louisiana, which was 34-31. We will just uh, rattle off the winners and not worry about uh, taking too much time up here. We had Miami, Ohio, plus six they won. Are lost by four only. Texas Tech minus two and a half against Cal, and they won by 20. Uh, UTSA minus nine and a half against Marshall. South Florida plus three and a half, one outright against Syracuse. Georgia Tech plus four and a half, one outright against UCF. Air Force plus three, one outright against JMU. Georgia State plus one and a half, one outright against Utah State. South Alabama minus 15 and a half, one by 49. Um, 
go down to Minnesota minus four and a half, winning by six. That was a close call there. Texas State four and a half favorites, winning by twenty-four. Uh, Georgia Tech, my Virginia Tech, excuse me, minus seven against Tulane, winning by twenty-one. And West Virginia minus three and a half against North Carolina, winning by twenty. Uh, Oklahoma State plus three, winning outright against Texas A&M. Uh, Rutgers plus two and a half, winning outright against Miami. Arizona minus three against Oklahoma, winning by fourteen. Notre Dame minus seven and a half against Oregon State, winning by thirty-two. Memphis plus eight and a half against Iowa State, winning outright. Memphis or Missouri minus two against Ohio State, winning by eleven. Uh, jump down to Oregon, or minus sixteen against Liberty, and they won forty-five to six, thirty-nine point victory there. Uh, then we also had Michigan minus one against Alabama, winning by seven, and Washington winning outright against Texas as the four-point underdog. Let's now give a quick little national championship game. The lines and the questions that, for me, are going to lead to who wins the game. Uh, Michigan, the first-ranked number one team in the country, four-and-a-half-point favorites against Washington, who is second-ranked in the country. Uh, The over-under in this game is 56-and-a-half total points playing in Houston, so not really any home field for either team, if anything, maybe closer for Michigan, but regardless... First of the questions here, will Dylan Johnson be healthy for Washington? Their running back getting rolled up on on one of the final plays of the game in the Sugar Bowl against Texas. If he's not healthy and the Huskies don't have a run game to set up the play action or uh, take a little bit of a load off of Michael Penix in the throwing game, that's going to cause trouble for the Huskies, especially if Michigan knows they can just tee off on Penix and not have to worry about the run at all. So that's something to look at. They said the x-rays came back negative, but does that mean he's fully healthy? Or does that mean that something is still going to be nagging him when he goes out on the field? That's going to be something to watch. Also, can Michael Penix escape the pressure from Michigan like he did with Texas? Texas had the two defensive tackles that were really good pass rushing. Not much on the edge, though. So the pressure was coming from Sweat, and I'm completely blanking on the other defensive tackle's name, and I feel bad for it right now. But anyways, the two D tackles were coming up the middle and getting pressure on Penix, but if he can just move side to side with no pressure from the edges, he could just get away, not have to worry about it too much. Michigan has more of an all-around pass rushing unit and deeper, as in more guys to sub in and out. They can continue the onslaught no matter who needs a break or a rest rep. Um, So that's going to be something to watch is how Penix can cope with that pressure coming at him. Next question would be, can Washington or can the Washington receivers keep catching those contested balls that they're being thrown? They made it look like they were not 50-50, but 80-20 balls, if not 90-10 balls coming down. Roma Dunze, really good at that. Also, just Penix getting pinpoint precision, putting it where only his guy's going to catch it, and if not, it's going to just drop harmlessly incomplete. Can Michigan make those catches more contested, or is it going to be a case of, Washington hitting deep shots all night because they can just get those balls placed perfectly, beat Michigan with the contested catch battles, and just out-muscle them, bringing the ball down to the ground. Uh, Next, another one. I already kind of mentioned the can Michigan cover the Washington receivers. The Michigan secondary gets a lot of credit, but it's also due to the pass rush usually getting home. The thing I'm going to be very interested in, though, is that Michigan probably feels like they should have won the Joe Moore Award for the best offensive line in the country, but Washington won it. Washington, I don't think, personally has faced a pass rush anything like what Michigan's going to be able to throw at them. I think that's going to be a little more more motivation. 
something that is probably going to lead to more pressure for Penix and make it easier on the Michigan secondary covering the Washington receivers. But that'll also be something to look at. Um, and another last little question I have is, can Michigan break through Washington's defensive line and impose their will when they have possession? If Michigan can get the run game going, all it's going to do is wear down Washington or Michigan. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. They sound too much alike at the end. I just think I'm saying the wrong one. But if Michigan can get the run game going uh, and Washington shows no ability to stop them, even if they stack boxes and throw everything they have at them, Michigan is just going to wear down Washington's defense. And by the second half of the game, it's just going to be Michigan running and running and running and still scoring and putting points up on the board. Well, Washington's just going to have to hope and pray that they're hitting shot plays and making the points up quickly, then Michigan running the clock off again. This is probably one of those where Michigan runs the uh, runs the clock and has the time of possession at you know like 40 minutes to 20 by the end of the game. Um, but yes, those are the main questions I'm looking to be answered. Me, the final pick of the season in terms of picking the spread, Michigan minus 4.5 against Washington. I don't see a scenario in which Washington blows out Michigan. Uh, I think there's definitely a world where uh, Washington gets blown out if they get out physical by Michigan. Uh, maybe not to the extent that Georgia did to TCU in last season's national championship game. But I did mention how I thought this season Washington was the TCU of this year, winning all the one-score games and not really being able to pull away from anybody. As long as Michigan can stay within uh, scoring, like, uh, you know, a touchdown, maybe 10 points max going into the fourth quarter if they're even behind at any point, I just don't see a way that Michigan gets denied. I think the physicality is going to be too much. The difference in athletes is going to be too much. The pass rush getting to Penix, I think, is going to happen. Uh, There's English. The defense and the secondary for Michigan probably going to be able to hold up a little bit better against their offense than anybody else that they've faced so far this season. I just don't see a way that the Wolverines don't win the national championship, and not to mention the superstitious fact that the last time they beat Ohio State three times in a row, the third win culminated with a national championship victory. That's what happened this season, and here we are. So I'm just going to go with Michigan. I just, like I said, I see more ways that Michigan wins barely and wins by a lot than I do Washington really winning at all. Never mind putting margin on there that Michigan can't recover from and make it a close game regardless. So I'm just hoping that it's a close, you know, good game. Not like last season where it was over after the first quarter. As long as we get that, I am going to be satisfied. So hopefully you enjoy this episode and I'll be here to talk to you about my uh, preseason breakdowns by conference, my preseason championship picks, all that sort of thing after this game is done. Thank you again for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.